Prognosis. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow. He could really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. <laughs> Of the program, yes, talking a little UFC 250 with Matthew Holt last hour, and also VGK, the Golden Knights, victorious Saturday and Sunday. They will face the Colorado Avalanche again tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena, and then get ready to make their way to Lake Tahoe, one of my favorite spots. Yeah, the Golden Knights will be playing the Bridgestone Winter Classic on Saturday. Not just the Golden Knights. Playing Colorado on Saturday, but then what? We got the Bees and the Flyers, yeah. the Bruins and the yeah. Flyers Philly on and Sunday. And by the, the way, dip. by the way, Mark Andre Fleury not only looks sensational to us, also to the entire league. He was the number two star of the week for the NHL this week. That's right, with his performances. You gotta love it if you're a Golden Knights fan. You love Mark Andre Fleury uh, getting the opportunity to literally shine with his gold helmet. Now his gold helmet, perfectly fine. But those gold helmets that we saw last Thursday night. Well, yeah, because his is symmetrical with everything else, with the pads and everything else. And you know what? I I mean, he is the the gold market value of the team. So, you know, there's (laughs) no problem with him being there. And, by the way, he shut out arguably the second best or one of the top two Mm -hmm. teams in the division. So So what was your thoughts about the Golden Knights wearing the gold jerseys yesterday? Well, I mean, I know they're going to wear them. I don't care about that kind of stuff that much. I mean, I really don't. I thought the gold helmets were absolutely hideous. As far as what jersey they wear, I really don't care. I'm more concerned about what they do on the ice. You know, it's like with... But you're not the average fan. Well, no, I'm not. And and that's what I'm saying. That's why I preface that right off the bat. I I don't care that much about what they wear. It just drives me crazy when I'm turning on games on TV and I don't know what the hell teams are playing because I don't know what jersey somebody's wearing. Exactly. And then you're going like, oh, that's so... That that's Miami. Yeah. How the hell is that the Miami Heat or something like that? It's like I I don't know what half these teams are doing, but you know what? They don't care about my thoughts either. So yeah, the NBA probably the biggest culprits, but we've seen college football do that as well too. It's well, not the Ducks ju- really Nike and everything I really know. started it up there when they new new jerseys and new helmets for every game. But it's not just them. I mean, we're seeing it with college basketball as well too. Oh, absolutely. I oh, mean, it's it's definitely more rampant it's now. Now everywhere. everybody's jumped on the yeah. board and going, hey, you know what? We can merchandise some more stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, we've seen Baylor wear the, the highlighter uniforms. That's ridiculous. Oh, sometimes I almost get a headache when I see Baylor on the court oh. with those neon uniforms and stuff like that. I it's know. like, yikes. I know. And then we've got, you know, teams. You know, years ago, Colorado, University of Colorado, started wearing these gray jerseys. There's no gray anywhere in their jersey. It's black and gold and always has been. And it just goes on and on. I mean, West Virginia, I mean, a lot of these, these – uh, these colleges just wearing all kinds of crazy stuff. And we're, in the NBA, we've talked about it before, Utah Jazz wearing the Flaming Hot Cheetos. I mean, just absurd. I don't know. Again, just bring me back to tradition. So don't get me going. Flaming Hot Cheetos sounds like a 70s movie or something. Or it sounds like maybe <laughs> a, a band like the Dead Kennedys. It could be that. Yeah, there you go. Dead Kennedys for President's Day. Maybe that's a... Or the, dead, or the dead Presidents. Dead Presidents, yeah. There you go. Let's see if Numbchuck has any Dead Presidents songs. See, that'd make you happy, right? Who says we're not versatile here? It would make me happier if I had more dead presidents in my wallet. Well, this is true. (laughs) Pretty good movie, too. Movie Dead Presidents, too. Bokeem Woodbine in that one. Uh, Several others. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Dead Presidents. Good soundtrack, too. 
because it took place in the 70s after uh, after the war. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. I imagine some station will be showing that today or something. It seems like they always have those theme stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then, again, that really had nothing to do with President's Day. It was well, dead it presidents matter. as the movies. You know, exactly. Yeah. All right. The big seven-footer, five-time champ. He knows all about uh, traditional uniforms. See the Bulls? They wore the red and the white. Really didn't. They ventured off a little bit towards the end wearing the black jerseys, which were okay. But I don't know. He's a traditionalist. There he is. He's not going to veer off his uh, soup and salad for lunch. What's up, Big Bill? It's a great day out here. And I was listening to your discussion. What you should be upset about is the fact of when uh, these teams started wearing these freaking shorts almost pants length. <laughs> and, then, and then trying to justify it as being basketball pants. They were like short pants. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. It was, and, and then some college teams were wearing uh, jerseys, uh, and it was like a T-shirt. You know, it, so I, I was, now that is more confusing than the colors. It's like that's, that's not a jersey. It's a T-shirt you're wearing. And then some people would wear a jersey with a T-shirt over it. That became trending. And then some guys started wearing long, really long shorts and wearing shorts over them. Right. Like giving themselves another five pounds. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, so, don't, and don't forget, we've seen guys wear the leggings, and, uh, leggings underneath the shorts. That's been kind of a modern move as well, too. Yeah. And, they, a lot, and some of those guys have short legs. Yeah. So, so, now, so now they're like covered, like, like almost head to toe. Uh, and and then after that, some guys start wearing the uh, 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 sleeves over the arm. So that is, it, it's a complete outfit you got on under there. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, it, it just happens to do with what's going on right now. Uh, it's it's a marketing thing. Uh, it's somebody's luck, and luckily, it always changes. So okay. uh, if I were you, I'd be more upset about that. <laughs> let, let me say this. Maybe a little bit on your end is, is jealousy because when you jealousy. were playing – Oh, what time? Hear me out here. And it's 7-1, a guy wearing those short shorts like you, you probably could have used and probably would have enjoyed the long shorts back in your day, right? you probably say, hey, man, why couldn't we wear this when I was playing because I could have used that extra length. I mean, come on, you had to be careful. You know, big guys like you, man, with the tight shorts and everything, you know, things coming out there, you got to be careful of that. No, don't, don't, don't embarrass yourself. Look, <laughs> if, if you want to wear long pants to play basketball and throw an extra five pounds on there, <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of guys were like, oh, this is so cool, which is the last thing you want to be. Yeah, okay, we're playing basketball. We're so cool. And to me, it's like, uh, oh, we're trendsetters. Hey, how about just winning the game? How about that? You know, I mean, who, who in the world cares uh, about that crap uh, if, if you're winning the game? Now, if you're losing the game, yeah, you do care. Oh, I look so, yeah, I, I lost, but I look really cool. Yeah, now, yeah. to me, that's what it's all about. It's like, yeah, we're going to lose, but uh, but we look good. You know, I remember, you know, hey, <laughs> but I remember when I was coaching, when I was coaching high school basketball, 
that was that time frame where, okay, the kids wanted to have the longer shorts and everything. And I would go to with these manufacturers and I would go to the manufacturers and they, they would have either like the, the, the seven inch seam. And then some even had like the nine inch and some even would have like a 10 or 11. And I was like, the kids go oh, get the longest we possibly could. I go, we're not going to go past the knee, but you know, I can, I can appreciate that. So we'd go like kind of with the happy meeting, but that was always a thing where because of that, and aren't we blaming your boy Michael Jordan for this? I mean, isn't he the one that you know started the the longer shorts? He was the guy, and then he'd wear his North Carolina shorts, as you could probably attest to, getting dressed there in the locker room with him. So uh, well, Mike that's his where, own locker room, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where, where. But again, that was always a, a trendy thing. And when you're recruiting kids and talking to them, they wanted to know, hey, what do our uniforms look like, what do our shorts look like. You know, that was a big thing. So there you go. It's it's still going right. today. If, if you remember, that was a Michigan thing. When you know they had this Fab Five, which right. Of course, I'm still confused about that because I gotta believe you have to win. To be a fat five, but that's that's my that's uh that's my thoughts. But you mean not have banners yeah. taken down? Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So, but uh, but but my point is, is that um, you know whatever sells, whatever sells. But but it's like you we're trying to make sense out of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Those those are not basketball pants. It's, it's not functional. It's just like big big long pants you're wearing. Uh, and it's what's going on right now. But but you know, let's not uh let's not think in any uh imagination that, that it makes any sense. Well maybe some teams should quit calling them shorts and call them longs and as far as Michigan, I think they want to time out on that statement you just made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't see why they they want a timeout. Why should they want a timeout? I'm just telling you what happened. It, I didn't, it, I didn't it, rewrite it, history. It was just a Chris <laughs> Chris Webber reference. <laughs> he got it. He got it. Hey, uh, okay, Saturday, War Memorial Gym, quiet day on the campus of USF. Very few people in the building. You were there. Uh, 100-61, to 61, Gonzaga, the number one team in the nation. Do you, do you want to talk about this? We need to talk about this because this is not only the number one team in the nation, but they literally look like the best team night in and night out. They don't take any nights off. They're pummeling people just about every game. And I know there was a little bit of intrigue because the Dons, your Dons, have played them very tough uh, in the last couple of seasons, especially there at USF. But that was not the case uh, Saturday, my friend. Tell us what your eyes saw. Well, you know, we had talked about, uh, and on the show, that this is a really special time. And, you know, we're just really hopeful that guys are able to take care of themselves. So guys, guys are getting injured. Uh, guys didn't have COVID. And I really think that, you know, we did, our team did have COVID. And we were off for about two weeks. And we just have not played very well. Um, we're just out of rhythm. We're not shooting the ball where we're shooting. And, and look, it's, it's, it is an excuse. Uh, but, uh, um, but it's, but it's reality. It's, you know, normally we make those shots. Normally we make better plays. Normally we can guard some money. And it just, and it just didn't happen. And unfortunately, you played the best team to land. Um, and they, and they kill us. They kill us inside. They kill us outside. Um, when we had an opportunity to make shots and didn't do it, 
Uh, we had an opportunity to get an offensive rebound. We didn't do it. A defensive rebound, we didn't do it. So everything that uh, could go wrong went wrong. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those games so that you have to recover from. And, you know, I had, a, I had an opportunity to talk to our head coach, uh, Todd, uh, yeah, today. And I just told him, look, we just have to just uh, stay focused, stay trusting. Uh, we've got a lot of great things this year. This is Todd's uh, second year. This That game was his 40th game. He's coached in. So it's a lesson. We're going to have to learn it and and move forward. So uh, we're still very optimistic that uh, in these last three games we'll play well and hopefully in the conference tournament, which hopefully I can see you there and you can buy me a dog <laughs> and, uh, and, and and some Mexican soup. I keep forgetting the name of that soup. Albandigas. Uh, Come on, Albandigas. Say it with me. Yeah, Albandigas. So... <laughs> um, We'll, we'll just play much better. All right, yeah, you're going to need the Albondigas soup to play much better. All right, so you guys beat Virginia early on this season. That was a huge upset when Virginia was you know, right at the top. They're now number nine, and Virginia's playing some, some stellar basketball. They're in, in action tonight against Florida State. Uh, talk about Gonzaga, and are they just really, in your eyes, just above and beyond anywhere else? I mean, Baylor's right there. Everyone was looking forward to that game that was going to take place a month and a half ago, but that game was postponed due to COVID. But uh, you, you face Virginia, you face Gonzaga. Just give us your thoughts here. It's just uh, they're just really good as far as uh, – let's start defensively as far as following their schemes. Uh, they do a lot of switching. Uh, they're, they're For the most part, they're a big team. Their guards are really good. Um, offensively, they can make shots. They can make threes. They can make twos. They have uh, three inside scores. Um, so they're really a well-rounded team. Really well-rounded. They can hurt you in different um, uh, different positions. So, and they're deep. So it's uh, it's it's kind of a nightmare. I, I was hoping this would be a year where we could make a step up. And then COVID hit and kind of threw everybody back. But uh, these guys just seemingly got better. And, and let's face it, these guys are playing with a lot of confidence. Um, so it's uh, it's just it's just a great thing. You get other coaches are doing a good job. They they play up tempo. They make really good decisions. They don't usually turn the ball over. So as an opponent, it's it's a basic nightmare because. As you know, uh, you cannot decision a champ, so whoever's going to beat them is going to knock their ass out because they're just good. They're not going to beat themselves. you got to take the fight to them, and they've, and they've got a lot of fight. So it's going to be interesting. And I think another interesting thing is that there was talk about them not playing in the conference tournament um, and just taking a bit and just get in that way. Wait, what, why is that? Why not play in the conference tournament? COVID. Who? Gonzaga? COVID. Yeah. If they, if they get COVID, they're out. So just go ahead and not play in the conference tournament. Wow. Is this what it's yeah. is this what it's came down to now? Is this what it's coming down to? That we're talking about, well, hey, I want to save myself for the NCAA tournament. If that's the case, why are we playing right now? Would that also make it advantageous though? Because then with them not winning the tournament, they know that whoever does win it is going to get a 
they, they get an invite if they win the conference wow, tournament. You can't right? set a precedence like that, can you? Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. If this, if, you know, as, as far as I know, they are playing. But I just know that it was talked about. Wow. And, uh, and it was a really uh, serious uh, concern for them because what would, you, what would happen to them if they got COVID or Baylor got COVID and then they're, and then they're out? Okay, but that so what? That's the same thing for uh, Sienna no, or anybody I, I, else, no, I, you know? That's right. So I'm asking you a question. So what would you do if you're Baylor and you're you're in a situation like you know you you're 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 in you've earned it all year. You're not like Gonzaga that's undefeated because uh, um, I think that that's the only thing that would slow them down. Uh, but you're already in. So why so why would you risk? going to the conference tournament and just go right to the NCAA tournament? Because that is, to me, that is a legit question. Okay, so here's why, my answer. Why, why would you risk it? My, my, my answer is, right now, you, you cannot treat the postseason any different than the regular season, and you don't opt out of a regular season game. You only are opting out of a regular season game if your players have COVID. And that's it. And then, and that's that jurisdiction is coming down between your team and the conference. If you're saying, okay, we're all healthy, we've got our temperature checks, we're all fine, no no symptoms, we're all negative, 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 you don't say, oh, okay, well, hey, we, we'd much rather play in the NCAA tournament than this. No, you don't. You, that's that's we're losing integrity if we start to do that. So you can't treat the regular season different than the postseason. Yeah, but this is different. This is COVID. This is special. This is a special time. Of a special time, and, we and, and, well, but what I'm saying is that this this is going to probably be over after this year. Now, for this year, the conference tournament is different because if you get COVID and you've just had a great season, you're a Baylor. You just had a great season. You have an opportunity to win the NCAA championship. But if you get COVID in their conference tournament, which you know you're probably going to win, and and whether you win or not. You still got to get a bed, so you're in. So just because so, we're really so Mike, good Mike, this year and so, we have a shot well, to Mike. win the national title, we're gonna we're gonna not play games. Oh, that's silly. Well, well not in, the, but... in the conference tournament, I think it's a legitimate question. But but then, and, oh. and, 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 and I think if you were there, you would uh, definitely consider it. Okay, but as 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 a coach. But then after Gonzaga and Baylor, because those are the top two, the next three teams are all from the Big Ten. So would there be talk then of well let's none of us three go because one of us right? and and if that happens then then all of a sudden when they have that meeting on selection Sunday how the hell do they rank everybody right. well what seeds does everybody get well this team won their conference tournament but of course Gonzaga wasn't in it yeah but Gonzaga is a little bit different because Gonzaga can make history because they can be undefeated so that's why I think they're going to play I'm just saying you're the number two or three team. You just had a great year. You've been responsible all year. Why would you take the chance of a conference survey? You're already in. You're, you're already trying to do what they're doing in the conference survey. You're already in. So why are you playing? All That's right. all I'm saying. Right. It, it's, it's, it's a legitimate question. Wow. I mean, that sounds like we're just we're, we're, we're picking and choosing, and I don't think that, that there's any place for picking and choosing when to play, when not to play, if, if we're a team. And, again, that's – that'll be interesting to see if that now you said that discussion's coming up is that discussion just 
Where'd you hear that? Just from like within the Gonzaga program, or, or is that the conference is actually talking about this? Uh, the Gonzaga people and the conference, they have already talked about it. Wow. Oh, all right. There he is. Big Bill Carway with breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Up on the hill there at USF, where the Gonzaga Bulldogs defeat the Dons 161, the number one and undefeated Gonzaga. You don't, you don't have to keep saying the score. We know the score. <laughs> we don't it's got to kill you. It's got to kill you. It's just got to kill you. I mean, again, you're not used to the, these type of drill presses. You're not used it, to it. It's, it's horrible. And, it, and, it's, and it's still killing me because you're still bringing it up. All right. The game's over. Okay. Let, it, let it go. Okay, I'm going to change the, the page here, okay? Let's go to the NBA, all right? Cleveland will not play Andre Drummond anymore. I love Andre Drummond. Been on the show before. Uh, a seven-footer, so you should appreciate. Uh, got, a, got a great game. But the Cavaliers say, we're not going to play Andre Drummond anymore as they try to seek a trade for him. Uh, they're going to go with Jared Allen, their youngster, as their full-time center. They said that Drummond's not going to be activated for any more games this year. He's in the final year of an expiring contract of $28 million. Now, yesterday's game, the Cavaliers said that he wasn't going to play because of rest. And then when they took some pictures of him walking in the arena... He had a sweatshirt on that said farewell. So obviously it was a little bit more than rest. All right. So then we got the Cavs doing this. And then when this news broke today, a couple hours later, we have news out of Detroit. And the Pistons say, well, we're going to do the same thing. Blake Griffin, you're done now too. So Blake, you're not going to play anymore. Drummond, you're not going to play anymore, but you guys are still on our roster until we can try to find out what to do with you to, to ship you off, but you're not going to be activated on any of these games. So, you know, in Griffin, I don't have to remind you how much money he's making, $36.6 million this year. He's still got two years left on his deal at $39 million each year because, remember, he signed that max deal, that five-year max deal of $171 million when he's with the Clippers and they traded him to the Pistons, unbelievable. Bill, I, I can't believe that I'm hearing what I'm hearing here is these guys are saying, you know, just wait, wait, don't play. Don't play. That's fine. What do you think of this? And I, I think that's a uh, organization decision. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that because they're, they are seeking it, and which I, I think is interesting. I always have a big belief in – uh, if you're looking to trade a guy, you play him, and uh, all of this hoop high uh, doesn't happen. But uh, that's not the way they do it nowadays. So, um, uh, and look, those those two teams aren't going anywhere anyway. So, what difference does it make if they play or not? Um, they're 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 both at the bottom, and and obviously they they want they both want to rebuild. So. Uh, but this has happened before. We've seen this before. Where guys have been shut down. They're going to get traded. They get shut down. But not this early. I mean, look at this. I mean, we're only into this season 25 games. And we're talking well, about, oh, we're bailing. I mean, that, we, we've never seen this before. No. Late in the season, yes. But not like this. No. Yeah. Well, you've seen it before the, the uh, trade deadline. So uh, why not? And look. Like I said, what difference does it make? I mean, if, if you're, I wouldn't be too thrilled if I was a Piston or a Cleveland fan. Not that I'd be thrilled anyway. But uh, 
uh, right now it just makes it worse because now we know you're uh, well, you know, there's, I guess you could be optimistic because you're, you're you're trying to get better, but you know you're bad. So it's like, why should I go to the game? You're bad. You're trying to get rid of uh, uh, players uh, so, you, so you can be good. So it's kind of a uh, double-edged sword, but uh, but it is what it is. But both of them uh, are, are going to rebuild anyway. So why not? Why not do it now? And why, and why risk somebody being hurt that uh, is not part of your future? Big Bill Cartwright joins us, the five-time NBA champ, three as a player, two as a coach. When it comes to an organizational decision like that, though, when everybody knows that you're not playing somebody because you're just getting rid of them, what are your realistic hopes of getting back something valuable for them? Because you've basically devalued them, haven't you, by saying, look, we're, he's not going to be around anymore. Are you going to get fair market value for somebody that everybody else knows you're just trying to unload? Well, I'm, I'm sure they've talked to these guys already. And I'm sure they talked to different people in the league who uh, um, they would be available for, and and uh, hopefully they can get that done. But but uh, I don't see anything uh, anything changing um, because of that uh, situation. Because look, teams for one thing, the teams who are playing well, the teams who do need help, uh, they will take them on. Uh, at least, especially if it's a short end run. So, um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see um, who they get and, and what they get back. So, um, it's very interesting. Let me ask you this, Bill: How desirable do you think a trade is, uh, and, and where is the value at Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, considering those huge contracts and where these guys are at their career? They're both big men. Give me a big man's thought here. Well, if those guys are healthy, they're they're both really valuable players. They're experienced players. They're big. Uh, they're really athletic. Uh, so um, there's they, they they still both have value. Now that's you know I'll say it again. If they're healthy, now that part I don't know. If they're not as healthy, if. Uh, if they've got a track record where they've been out and they've, they've both been playing, they both have been playing this year. Well, I'm I'm just saying because I I don't know, uh, you know, the history of both those guys. I just know that when they're healthy, they're both pretty darn good. So, uh, and we'll see. We'll see who wants who wants to win. Uh, both those guys add value to the, to the team. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the Kings will pick them up. That that would be interesting. They had some excitement and and, and some big guys, uh, some some veterans over there. So maybe the Bulls will pick them up. <laughs> Listen, you're talking about a couple bottom feeders there. Those guys aren't going to spend any money, and uh, I, I don't. I, those guys want to build through the draft. They're not going to take. Come on, man. The Kings or the Bulls are going to take on a thirty-six million dollar contract? No, come on. You know that's not happening. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that. Uh, you talked about if they, um, where they could be a value. I wasn't talking about contract. I was talking about the players, and um, both those guys can help both those teams. All right, great breaking news. Here we go. You just... The Sacramento Kings, as you mentioned, hosting tonight at the Golden One Center, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, the James Harden, your Brooklyn Nets. What's going to happen here? I, I'm seeing that they're only laying four here. Are the Kings going to show up tonight, or is this a drill press for Brooklyn, or or is Brooklyn going to kind of take a night off? 
Are they going to go load management tonight? Or are we going to see 43s like we usually see with James Harden teams? I don't know. You know, we talked about, you know, the fact that Brooklyn is playing Sacramento, so they play twice a year. And with those guys that they have an opportunity to see that that they'll only see once, uh, it's going to be a big game. For, uh, for for the Kings, so um, it's going to be really interesting. The Kings, the Kings should play well, and the Kings had played well. I think they won three in a row, and then they got they got beat uh, up by somebody. Well, they've lost three in a row now, but yeah, they did win three yeah. in a row. Now they've dumped three in a row, right? Yeah, so um, that's 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 going to be a big game for them to see if they can get back in the saddle. So we'll see. Um, that that is always tough, you know. When we were in uh, playing for the Bulls, uh, coming out to the West Coast, that was really hard because we were everybody's game of the week, game of the month, and for a lot of teams, we were the game of the year. Yeah. So the the effort level that uh, that the other team would put out uh, was incredible, especially if you watch them on tape. You're like, man, this is not the same team that just played the other night. They're playing like maniacs against us, and uh, you know it's because we're supposed to be a really good team. Uh, we're supposed to be the, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, it's just a different game. So, uh, hey, Bill, let me ask you to that point though. It's a great point. Did you guys get up for those type of games, knowing you were the game of the year, or did you find you yourselves like, okay, we're kind of going through the motions because we're playing these guys that maybe aren't that good? Well. No, you just know that this this team, if if their if their records are that good, they're they're probably better than that because they do have NBA players, and if you don't get on them, uh, something bad's going to happen. And our team was a little bit different too because we had guys who wanted to be good. We wanted to have the best record in the league. We wanted to play at a high level every night. Uh, even our practices were really really competitive. So. Um, you know, we uh, we just wanted to win. So, uh, and maybe we're a little greedy too, because uh, and sometimes the guys are, guys get a chance to play more, they get an opportunity more, they get to do more. Uh, so it's uh, uh, our level of play and and how we hard we played and how we won games is how we measured ourselves. So um, we just. You know, we're playing a team that doesn't have a great record. We should be beating those guys by 20. So we'll be disappointed if uh, if we're not beating them bad. We're not going to be happy by winning by five. Well, we will be, but just not just not just knowing that we didn't play as well as we should have. It seemed like the one season the Bulls had when they won the 72 games, when they were 72-10, and 10, that that was something that they were trying to achieve. After that season of winning that championship, was it more difficult getting up for all the regular season games during the season, or was it just let's get into the playoffs and then let's just win another championship? Because you'd already made history with the 72-10 and 10 record. You know, you always got to give credit to, I think, Jerry Krause and his group and, and Phil for the fact that we, for one thing, we had a lot of players to play. And from Phil's standpoint, he played a lot of guys. Phil would play 10, maybe 11 guys during the course of the game. So, which always benefits 
um, during the uh, playoffs because you were accustomed to playing, and, and you never knew when you were going to get thrown out there. So um, when those guys had their chance, their opportunity to play, uh, they they definitely took advantage of it. So um, uh, that's why I think we were so good because we – we not only had, because of our GM, we had a bunch of guys that could play. Uh, Phil liked playing a lot of different guys. He liked having two teams. And, uh, and he didn't uh, talk about subs. He talked about, this is our starting group, and this is our second group of starters that are coming out there. And I tell you, a lot of times they'd come out there, they were like starters. They were really, really good. All right, my friend. Well, before we let you go, uh, you know the Nuggets beat the Lakers last night, ending the uh, Lakers streak. They win one twenty two one hundred five. Jokic has been fantastic this year, but then in that game, Anthony Davis uh, left and missed the second half. He missed two games earlier in the week, and now we got news that uh, he's going to be out for at least two or three weeks uh, with this uh, Achilles injury. G- give me your give me your thoughts about uh, Davis's injury and the Lakers playing without him. Well, they've done before. I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers are pretty deep, and I'm sure there's not a lot of concern. They're still, uh, and I mean, they're right behind Utah in second. So um, they just have to keep motoring. And, uh, you know, for me, that's just part of basketball. You know, guys get hurt. They get out. They've, they've been in the league for a while. Uh, other guys step up, and and now it gives them a chance to play. So Lakers are going to be fine. They've got the... They've got a lot of guys. I think I said Achilles. I meant uh, calf strain. So that's, uh, yeah, Anthony Davis probably going to miss the next uh, two to three weeks. All right, my friend, um, we will let you go. But, uh, yes, the, the contest was over. We got the we got the shocking results, right? The greatest television theme song was, as if we didn't know. Now, wait a minute. That is the greatest theme song of all time. Television, all time. television theme song of all time, all time. Yes, and the winner is the Jeffersons. Moving on up. Oh, moving on. A classic song. There's no question. And I think we nailed that as the six to five favorite as well too. I mean, yeah, Sherman Hemsley and company. Uh, you got to love that. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I, I know. And I know you loved the show, but I think more importantly, you uh, you love the uh, the maid in the show. <laughs> what are you talking about? What am I talking about? <laughs> she gave she gave George and Weezy hell, man. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, no. Well, I'm just saying that. Why? Why would I love her? I mean, I mean, I don't dislike her. I, I'm just, I, I'm I, curious. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought, no, no. I thought she was no. funny. Okay. Now, this is my thing. You, did you see who was in second place that had to shock you? Uh, it was none of my guesses. I don't know. Who was it? Welcome back, Cotter. Oh, I did see that. Welcome back, Cotter. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Gabe Kaplan. Don't forget, Gabe Kaplan in Fast Break, a great basketball movie. Gabe, Kla- Gabe Kaplan, the coach back in the day with that permed hair. By the way, the maid was Florence. I knew it was Florence. I was going to say Flo, and I, got, I had Flo in my mind, but Florence. Absolutely correct. Florence Johnston. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Third, third was Good Times. Good Times! There you go. All right, man. Well, my and, I, and I told you, my number one 
Bonanza. Had to be. Yeah. Well, to where, be. where was that? Where was that on the on the skew? Well, right? it was it was it was it was in there. Yeah. That was down around mine at Hawaii Five O. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in, in my curb, you're through. And where are the monsters? Come on. Am I the only monsters guy? Are you kidding me? The greatest theme song of all time. Come on. Monsters. Uh, Batman was in there. Yo, Batman, ba- Batman got one vote. He got one vote. And and, uh, and, and all they say is Batman, Batman. I think they say it twelve times, don't they? Well, that's the theme part of it. Yeah, the music. Exactly. The, yeah. No, actually, it's eleven times. It's eleven times. Whatever. All right. Eleven times for Batman and the Rifleman. Now the Rifleman. If you if you if you watch that, the Rifleman is twelve shots. Oh, twelve. That's very true. There it is. So that's so that's that's how you keep that straight. All right. What's what do you got? You got the contest next week or are you still mulling out all of our great ideas? We're 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 mulling it out. Uh, we 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 we're considering some of your ideas. Uh, Boom! Don't, don't don't take a pow. Smash! <laughs> Give me one, Frank. Zap! Zap was another one. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, Bill? Yes, yes, you remember, yeah, in your pajamas there in Oak Grove, watching Adam West as Batman. There you go. And the three different Catwomans. Yeah, why are the three different Catwomans? <laughs> hey, the Joker was the best. Cesar Romero, the original Joker, the Riddler. Oh, Rid- Penguin. Yeah, the Penguin, <laughs> but he wasn't on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll let you go. You've just you've really delayed our show a lot today. I don't know, you know. All right, guys. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Remember, it. Remember, don't don't forget my soup. That's all I'm thinking about. When you're here, that's it. Don't and listen. Do not have the WCC cancel on us. I know they said that the the tournament's on. Make sure the Dons are healthy. Make sure the Zags are healthy. This could be a great tournament. Pepperdine's coming on strong. You know, you got some uh, some good young up and coming coaches. Pacific, you got Stoudemire coaching over there. This could be a great tournament. You know, the Mormons are playing good too. So you know, there you go. It's, yeah, it's going to be a good BYU. tournament. Just huh? BYU. <laughs> the Catholics are playing well. The Mormons are playing well. That'd be the, that'd be the entire conference, really, when you look at it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll talk to you later. See ya. There it is. He wants the soup. He wants the Albandi guy's soup. I could tell that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Are you going to make him pronounce it when he orders it? Yeah, I should. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, He couldn't say it to save his life today, right? Couldn't do it. Just give me TC soup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That soup, yeah. That that picture there that I've seen a hundred times, that soup. Yeah. All right. We come back. Who knows? Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, don't forget to get on over to any of the William Hill Sportsbooks. Get the mobile app. We've got some NBA action tonight. And, of course, all week long we've got uh, some great college basketballs. We hit... uh, we hit that uh, March Madness. Can't believe Bill Cartwright is, is thinking that we should have uh, Gonzaga or Baylor should opt out of the tournament. I can't That's... believe that he was kind of advocating that it made sense in that kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> the players in his era wanted to play every night. Right. They didn't take all these days off in that. And now he's like, no, it's cool. Don't, let's not play. It's, and, and, again, it's like, okay, well, if Baylor and Gonzaga do that, what do they do in the Big Ten? 
here's a Big Ten tournament. Oh, these three teams we know they're in, so they're not going. Right. It's just it, it's it's a really really bad precedent. No, I I can't believe that 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 would even be a conversation. And I believe him because you know he's there, he's involved uh, obviously with the USF program. He's involved with the conference, and I know that he was you know talking to those guys last week. And so if those conversations are happening. I, I I believe him definitely, and it probably is. I mean, this is COVID time. There's a lot of crazy stuff that is going on with alternative plans, and I know that uh, CBS ran their like um, like a March Madness special on Saturday, and they talked about all the sites that they're going to be using, everything there in the Indianapolis area. It's really not even the Indianapolis area because they're going to play in Bloomington. And as you know, these – Yeah, they're going to spread it around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which uh, – Well, uh, remember back when, when we were kids and Indiana's license plates would say Wander, Wander, Indiana. So we're going to have to do to follow this tournament. Yes. You're going to have to be wandering all over the damn state. Yeah, yeah. Now, Butler is eight miles from downtown Indianapolis, okay? But, again, the Hinkle Fieldhouse doesn't seat that many. So it's weird that you're going to – you know, have games there. And, of course, you know. Well, but if there's no fans, will it matter? Who knows? Are there going to be fans for March Madness? That's, well. Who knows? I don't know. I would think so because a lot of these universities are having fans, very limited. And we're seeing over the last couple of weeks that they, they start to increase. Yeah, you're hoping that things event. open up again more. Yeah, but it, who, I don't know what Indiana's doing. But, but how can you run a tournament without live gate? And I understand it's you're not even if you go into the dome, okay, for the final four in the championship game, you would think that you could still get fifteen to twenty thousand, and that fifteen to twenty thousand at premium ticket prices is gonna help offset some of the costs here. But but with the but tournament you have all the T V money already. You do. I mean I would think that that wouldn't be as big of a deal is like like if some of these conference tournaments i would think the live gate would mean more to them than it does to some of these others but again it's crazy well the ncaa gets everything you know pretty much you know even in these conference tournaments i mean you know the the conference is is getting their piece of the pie with that and again they're they're getting the the television revenue as far as that but as we know the ncaa controls everything from the regular season to the to all the postseason tournaments whether it's conference tournaments or if it's uh, of course you know the the national championship tournament, but think about it. I mean, where you were, what you're used to having, just the live gate, do the math. It's hard for anyone to say, well, you know, we got TV money anyway. I don't know what it is. It's uh, get your calculator out. What's if you do say 60,000 paid tickets at an average ticket price of a hundred bucks. And now you take that away. No, nobody wants to take that away. Oh, no, of course they don't want to take so, it away. Well, that, I, that's why we've seen so many boxing matches and other events right. go to Florida and Texas and things like that. Stuff that would normally maybe be out here in Vegas and that. We've lost a lot to that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Real quick on yeah. that thing about the college basketball, though, I wanted to get your thoughts about this. Because when Bill was talking about Gonzaga maybe not playing in the conference tournament, what do you think about a team like Gonzaga? Because they're in a conference that, let's be honest, isn't that good. They win most of their games by double digits and sometimes deep beyond, into double yes. digits and beyond. Yeah. How does that prepare them for the tournament? The first time they're in a close game, are they going to be ready for it? Or is it better to be in a conference like the Big Ten where you beat up on everybody every night, but you've played close games and quality teams throughout the season? I know there's the one thought process of, well, the good teams beat up on each other and so they're beat up by the tournament. But how often do we see a team that just runs away, blows everybody out game after game after game, and then the first time they're in a nip-and-tuck game, 
all of a sudden they're eliminated because they don't know what to do in winning time because winning time to them is the tip-off. Right. So two things on that. One, it's a great point, and I think that is probably the main reason why Gonzaga has not won a national championship. Or And they've gone deep a, a few times, but they've also got eliminated a little earlier than they thought they would be. And you, you usually can pencil Gonzaga in at least getting to the – Sweet 16, that, you know, but they've lost in the Sweet 16. They lost in the Elite 8, Final Four. So you could say that, okay, that is probably the reason. But I will say this. Gonzaga does schedule tough non-conference games. Right. Like this year they had Baylor yeah. on the schedule, but they yes. couldn't play it. Exactly. And so they have done that. And they'll go to the Maui Classic, and they'll play in these tournaments. So give Mark Few credit. And one of the reasons why they probably do that, because they know in their own heart that they do have a softer Conference schedule. Kind of like Tark did in the old Shark uh, when Tarkanian right. was at UNLV and that, right. you know, when they finally won that one championship, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the year that they didn't win in some of those other years because the conference wasn't really yeah. good enough for a team of that caliber to even in it. Yeah. When you're winning every game by 20 or 30 points and it's like you're playing the entire bench the entire second half. It's hard to uh, know what to do in pressure situations when the pressure was the practices. Absolutely, yeah. You're talking about the Big West Conference back in those days, the PCAA back uh, before that. So, yeah, I think there's something to that, and that's why you need to schedule tough non-conference games. But to your point, those non-conference games are in November and December. Yeah, they're early in the season because when the conference play starts, then all of a sudden you're playing the same schlubs that you play that you beat up on. But this Gonzaga team, and we've seen it over the last few years, where Gonzaga has recruited so well now, and when you look at Suggs, their point guard right now, he's the first Gonzaga true one-and-done guy that they're going to get. You know, And this guy is phenomenal. This guy could have went anywhere, and he was a little, literally a top-five guy coming out of high school, and he went to Gonzaga. So, And you watch his game right now. It's just it's phenomenal. And, you know, Tilly's been around. And a lot of these other guys, you know, Kispert. I mean, this Gonzaga team is probably the strongest that we've seen. But don't get me wrong. Gonzaga's had some really, really strong teams. We thought, okay. Because remember, they've been a number one seed a couple different oh, yeah, they're occasions. Been a number, and, and we've seen their players yeah. cry after a loss sometimes yes. because yeah. they didn't know. They, did, they weren't expecting it. Right. So, could, could it hurt? But, yeah. I think you have to play these games because, you know, I go to this tournament every year when it's at the Orleans. I really enjoy it. I like this tournament a lot. And Gonzaga has been in some barn burners during the course of the tournament, especially those games against St. Mary's. And they, they, they do get tested at times. But, yeah, to, to the degree of the Big Ten and the ACC, absolutely not. I mean, you're, you're not seeing that. And even the SEC to a certain degree as well, too. But, uh, yeah, it's, this, I love watching this Gonzaga team. You know, and Baylor is another team. Now they're on their, their second stoppage around. So who knows? But they're multi-talented. Florida State, they're playing Virginia tonight. Virginia's playing a lot better now. Florida State, a lot of people think that they may have the best talent from, from top to bottom. But they're deep. But, again, they're another team. We'll just ask, you know, and Brian Double B always gives Matt Holt a bad time about that because two years in a row – he picked Florida State to win it all when, you know, they, hey, this team is, is, is phenomenal. And they won the ACC championship over Duke and North Carolina. So, I don't know. I just hope that we have – I mean, last year was devastating that we didn't have the NCAA tournament at all. But I just hope we have it. I hope it goes, you know, well and we don't have these issues. But I guess my problem with what Bill was saying, let's don't anticipate the negative. Let's don't anticipate we're going to have these things. 
play it until if you do have a positive COVID test, then okay, we've got to call a halt to it. But right now, thinking like, oh, well, I want to preserve ourselves for that, that's nonsense because there's no guarantee that the NCAA tournament could happen, right? It could happen a- just abs- like that. Absolutely. Right? And your first opponent in that tournament could be there. And that's going to be the other really interesting thing this year. After Selection Sunday, what's the brackets going to look like this year? With so many teams not playing as many games and not playing as many opponents from other conferences and that, and so many games canceled and postponed and moved around all year, the, the seedings in that are going to be interesting because we haven't seen the normal, you know, the splitting of conferences and different things like that that we normally do. And then we have those bubble watch teams that they throw those games in at the end of the season. We're not getting all that stuff this year. So what is the seeding committee going to do? Is the Big Ten going to have two, two, two of the number one seeds? And, and does a region mean anything when every single game's in Indiana? Right, that's true. And you don't have the amount of games. I mean, you have teams rolling into this tournament that have already had 30-plus games, you know? And, and now, you, you know, you're going to have 20 games. Which is another reason it's like, why would you have Gonzaga play? The, oh, well, let, let's sit out these and come into the, to, the, yeah. to the big dance a little bit colder because we didn't play any of the conference stuff. Yeah, so... All right, some college uh, football news. Uh, UCF, Central Florida, hires Gus Malzahn. You know, remember him, the former head coach at Auburn. He was there for eight seasons. He was fired back on December the 13th from Auburn. Uh, that was questionable. I know a lot of people in Auburn thought he, you know, didn't live up uh, to his end of the bargain, thought they should have been better. But still, you know, he went to the championship game his first year there in 2013. But the last three seasons, Auburn was 14-12 and 12 in SEC play. Thought they had some nice players, but you know he he did uh, battle Alabama. You know I think Nick Saban he gave what Nick Saban three of, of of their losses, but he replaces Josh Heupel who took the Tennessee job. But this Central Florida job is I've always thought that's pretty in, in, intriguing, and they've gotten better, and we've seen them in New Year's Day games. So it'll be interesting to see what Gus Malzahn does over there. Yeah, and certainly Central Florida is one of those teams that's always exciting in that. But let's face it, when you go to an Auburn, whether fair or not, their expectations are winning a championship. And their fan base is that. And sometimes, like you mentioned, yeah, he took the team really far his first year. That can almost be a negative if then you don't do it. And then you start getting a moniker, well, he won with the former coaches players. What did he do? Did he build and make them better? No, they've actually gotten worse since then. So if you have early success that first season, that can be kind of a double-edged sword for you because then if you don't live up to it, then all of a sudden they're like, you're the one that screwed up the program. You didn't make it better. Right. Absolutely. All right, I want to thank Matt Holt for joining us, talking a little UFC 258 from Saturday night. And, of course, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, talking – NBA and college basketball as well. We're back at it again tomorrow. Terrible Tuesday thoughts. Plenty of that. So hang tight uh, for that tomorrow, plus uh, more Golden Knights talk as we'll see if the Golden Knights can continue their run as they'll have another home game tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena against the Colorado Avalanche as they work their way towards Lake Tahoe on Saturday. We'll talk uh, more about that during the course of the week as well, too. All right. So for VGK Frank, T.C. Martin saying so long. Have yourself a good one. You miss any part of the show. Go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. The interview from Friday's show at the Cosmopolitan Showtime. Sean Porter's up there. Check that out. Great interview. Good fun there. The interview page is up there. The party page. The blogs. It's all there. The past shows. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a great rest of the President's Day. Enjoy. We'll talk to you tomorrow.